pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Audio Vault on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121 or online at mybestbailbonds.com. It's 0600. What's the O stand for? Oh my God, it's early. Wake me up. Wake me up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake me up. Wake me up. Wake up. Rob Thompson. You don't believe the other way in transition to the back. Oh, the left hand slam. I want some nasty. Rudy J. Cowboys win. How else would you settle this game? How about this, Cowboys? Yeah. each day as if it were on purpose. I wake up in the morning, I piss excellent. R&R in the morning on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Good morning. Hey, good morning to you. It's R&R in the morning, a blessed getaway Friday edition. I'm Rob Thompson. I'm not alone, though. I'm sitting with a guy normally on the other side of the double pane today across from me. That's James Pledger. Oh, Good I morning, you meant Sunshine. Edwin. No, Edwin's on the other side after a uh, day off yesterday. Good to see you again, man. It was two days ago. Oh, it was two days ago. That's right. It's all running together. That's right. He was here yesterday. <laughs> yeah, you had a... Uh... You had your brother in yesterday. I, I'm sorry. I'm 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 in the midst of a, a grilling competition. My mind is elsewhere. Today, I know. So I do, have, do you feel comfortable leaving your ribs alone? My ribs are in a comfortable bath. They have been. Uh, they're bathing in a soft and wonderful solution. Did you find your pickle juice? I did not. I had to create my own brine. Uh, oh. Oh, don't worry. Oh. It it turned out fine. Okay. I'm gonna do a uh, a candy bacon, and I'm gonna do a butter garlic. Okay. So those were which ones the 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 one that the you're like that's the style. one. Well, I, well, the competition style is the candy bacon. Okay. That's that's the one that I would pre- that I plan on presenting. Okay. But uh, I mean, you're presenting both. But the butter garlic might be the worthy competitor here. I found uh, this is a for if you're just joining us, uh, we are having our Christmas party today. The, the SA Sports Star crew. Are gathering over at the Minix uh, homestead as they as they broadcast live from the kitchen, and J- <laughs> Jason has the home uh, Traeger advantage. We're hosting a uh, a rib cook off. Of course he does. And, well, you know he's got to cook. I get it. I get it. He's gonna have to be there. I mean, you got to cook too. Yeah, but I, I'll be I'll be home by ten thirty, <laughs> so I'll be able to cook, and you know I'll use the period to drive over there as the rest. So I'm not I'm not I upset mean, with this at all. Doesn't doesn't his his Traeger have cruise control though? Can we you control do. it from the app? You can, but I get the prep. <laughs> I mean, you don't just uh, you don't get good without leaving it alone. I I don't begrudge him for what he's doing. He's actually hosting the party and doing the show. So I know. I'm down. But uh, it is cook off day, and there is some uh, certainly some bragging rights on the line. We've got some celebrity judges that are going to come by uh, and uh, make some picks. Um, well, celebrities in my mind. Well, yeah. Renee and Chip, I think, are celebrity esque, and uh, we will be. Uh, we'll have a competition today, and uh, my my ribs are taking a bath as we sit. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of taking a bath, did you uh, watch the Spurs? Um, they've taken a lot of baths this year. Well, did you see last night's in particular? It was uh, I did. We put uh, Kobe White in the Hall of Fame. 
Apparently, we did. <laughs> My goodness. Uh, Wimby's worst night as a professional player when he played. Uh, and uh, here we go. Uh, we're looking forward to, well, I thought we were looking forward to mid-January when we would travel to Detroit when it would be the Battle of the Toilet Bowl Seekers. I mean, it still is because uh, currently, right now, that January 10th game is the only game Detroit's favored Detroit's in. favored. Uh, so there you have it. Even though they have a longer losing streak, that's the value of home court there, James. Well, that's the value of you know how good the Spurs are, too. Dak uh, speaks to getting himself and the Cowboys out of the doldrums. I, um, doldrums? Well, I mean, the doldrums. They're 10-4. Oh, well, they're not at 11 wins, and that evidently is the signpost. Uh, McCarthy will join us today. Mike McCarthy will stop by for his regular at 645. Uh, as we look forward to the Miami Dolphins. Boy, you get the sense that we just got three or four straight Week 18 games. I just feel like this is kind of a just don't get punched in the face kind of. You, you got a nice point lead. You're in like the 10th round. If you can just hold on and not get punched, you'll win the fight on points. But if he's opened up, you might take a swing or two. Well, the NFL has scheduled masterfully at the end of the season. They really have. So, well, have they? I mean, we watched Philadelphia skate home. Did, are they? Well, they by the records, by the teams they're playing, they were given the opportunity to skate home, even though it is division week or division month. So they'll get the Giants and the Commanders. Well, uh, it, the, it's Philly's the, free-falling but that's and the Giants fault. have won three or four. Okay, uh, maybe. Let's hope. Like they could drop another one or two on the point, way That's my point. You know, McCarthy and the Cowboys can t- just stay in the middle of the ring, dance around, keep your foot on the outside, don't get tagged, and you'll get yourself at the very least a roadie to Tampa or a roadie to New Orleans, which <laughs> uh, they made it valiant, but uh, at the end of the day, either one of them looks eminently winnable. So it's, it's going to be... The, the chess game involved with bouncing back from a win, winning a roadie against a good football team versus making sure you're healthy and peaking in a playoff road game, it's going to be interesting to watch. We'll talk to Mike McCarthy about that. The offense he's going to see with Miami and how close it resembles San Francisco and how much can we take from both. We'll talk about the health of his offensive line and talk about bouncing back on defense after the myriad of injuries. Are they going to be able to stop that Raheem Mostert-led running game? Lots to get into, and that'll be at 645. At 7, of course, we talk Spurs, uh, the silver and black, and I haven't even begun to tell you about the other guys that are here. R.J. Ochoa gets here for his regular at 730. And then at eight or nine thirty, uh, you like wrestling? We got Mark Henry, sexual chocolate. That's part of his. Uh, that's he wasn't in the band. That's part of his uh, tag team, his, his group, which sounds even weirder. Uh, he is he's part of AEW. They're coming to San Antonio. He's of East Texas. of Silsby lives in Austin. He's the strongest man I've ever been in the presence of, and he'll be with us. Today, as he comes and talks wrestling and all things uh, wrestling <laughs> with the AEW, I, I hey man, hey it is a it is a real competitor to WWE. The guy, I the guy's huge. He, he lifts, was a power he lift, lifter, he wasn't he? An entire Volkswagen Beetle over his head. He was an Olympic power lifter, wasn't he? I think so. I I know that he's Texan. And I know that I saw him in the Olympics in Atlanta. Did he go to Aggies? No, I thought for some reason in my brain, I thought he was Aggie, but he's not. He's just East Texas. So we can't tell him howdy? Well, you say howdy to anybody you like. 
Yes, damn, Pledge does work long hours. And he's surly now. In fact, we're all surly. surly. Yeah, you, you're surly, churlish. What, what am I surly about? You were, you're churlish. We all are. What's churlish? Because we've reached, we, we see the finish line. The finish line for us. There's no finish line. For you is that uh, you're tw- 12 hours. You're under 12 hours for your No, I'm not. Line. I'm over. Extra-ing's not budget. who we are. I'm, I'm not off the board. Right? It's 6 o'clock. Well, it's 6 o'clock, but my show starts at 6. Oh, so you're you're 12 hours and 58 minutes. Um, 12 hours and... 48 minutes. See, it's better than I thought. 18 minutes. Okay. See, it's even better. <laughs> I, I, no, you're not in her... We got nothing at 6.30 or anything like that? Yeah, Aggies. At 6.30? Yeah. Oh, see, I... We I, got Aggie hoops tonight, baby. I know they're playing. Uh, who do we got? The Huskies coming up, right? Yeah, the Husky. The what you what, what the artist formerly known as Houston Baptist yeah. University that is now Houston Christian University. Well, you know they had to branch out. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen a school or a college go from like one denomination to the other well, in all, a year. Well, they didn't. They just opened the umbrella. <laughs> the Baptist is still an whole Christian thing. We wanted to make sure that the. <laughs> That you know, we're all Christians basically. So in two years, is it going to be Houston Catholic well, University? Still, that's Christian too. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. They just went from Baptist now Methodist. Come on, you, you Catholic. Come on, your first Unitarian Universalist. Come on, we'll bring you in. You had to open the enrollment up. They <laughs> it, was too, it, it was too narrow of a... When they were a, just, just letting the Baptists in, the beer sales went way down. Once they just uh, they opened up the Christians, let you Catholics in, man, the beer sales went up, everybody got happy. You know us Baptists, we know what you're talking about. <laughs> you're Southern Baptists, right? You're Southern Baptists. That's why we like going to the Catholic weddings, because you guys have a lot more fun. Yeah, we do. Hey, let's talk some Dallas Cowboys when we get back. There is a lot at stake this weekend, and it's more than just peace of mind. There is an opportunity to win the NFC East, and we'll hear from all the pertinence coming back. That includes Dak. That's Micah. That also, even Tua, he's keeping receipts, you know. Hold on tight. There's a whole lot to do, and it won't be any fun unless you're with us. You're on R&R, and this is 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Good morning, everybody. Jason Minix here from the Blitz starting at 2 o'clock today. We're going to be doing the show from my kitchen, so I don't even have to drive into work today. So it's already off to a great start for me. And then we'll get the ribs ready for that competition. Get you ready for Cowboys and Dolphins. John Machota from The Athletic joined us at 5.15. Rob, have you got my Tri-County Meat Market yet? Done and done. I got some... uh... St. Louis style in a bath right now. Apple cider vinegar. Now apple juice. As part of the competition. Brown sugar. Beer. Was it was it supposed to be St. Louis only, or could you have oh, gone? You, you got spare baby back. I don't care. Depends okay. on how you like them trimmed. Well, yeah, I like yeah, mine yeah. a little bit. I like the uh, the uh, trimmed because it's a rib cook competition. So part of me was like. Man, if somebody would have done a fantastic big old beef rib. Yeah, those would have been good. Um, but the decision was this. I think it's the most common thing that we do. Um, and it pairs very well with a good yingling flight. <laughs> what doesn't? You know, it just, <laughs> it just pairs well. The uh, the cooking will begin. I My, my ribs are going to take, I do a version that takes about six hours. Okay. 
You can do them in three. I've seen them in four. I think them very well. I think Jason has his on basically an assembly line because they come out the same, the exact same every single time. Yeah. He has got it down to a science. Mm -hmm. He's good. Uh, Those I'm hungry. Just thinking about it. (laughs) The uh, Cowboys and dolphins on Sunday game. Of course you can catch right here. Uh, has it written on our rundown and it is, it is, it's very true though, for different reasons. Mirror images is what you had listed there. Why do you say that? Mirror images, uh, in terms of narratives, the narratives on both of these teams are extremely similar. Can't beat a good team, right? That's been a narrative for both teams at some point this season. Can't win on the road. Can't win away from home. That is a narrative for both of these teams. Strange losses. The Tennessee loss. Much like the Arizona loss is just inexplicable. You just mm-hmm. look back on the season and go, "How the hell did that happen?" I, I, I get it; they are mirror images, but they're in kind of different situations. Because I do think Miami. Well, they're uh, different situations because of expectation, right? Well, expectations. But I'm just talking about chasing chasing playoff scenarios. I think Miami needs to win a little bit more than the Cowboys do. Um, okay, because explain. the Cowboys because the. The Cowboys have a path right now in second place, in fifth place, depending on how you want to play, second place in the East, Mm -hmm. and first runner-up as a wild card. A roadie against the champion of the NFC South is a pretty easy road to take. Now, you'd like to have a homer, but if you get the roadie in the first round, that gives you the track to the NFC Championship through Philadelphia instead of winning and having the track go through San Francisco. And, so, if, and if San Francisco is the boogeyman, which I I believe they are, I want to push that down the road as long as I can. I want to sure. I, the the last time I play, I want it to be against the You 49ers. want every every chance for them to stub their toe along the way. And for me to get better and everything in between. So I you know, you see your position and you go, well, you know, if we ended up second and and first runner up in wild cards, it's not the worst place to be. Well, I think Miami is just, we got to get home. We got to stay home because last place we want to be is anywhere north of the, <laughs> the Mason Dixon line or whatever. I mean, they certainly, <laughs> I knew where you were going, but I don't even, you know, I, I, does anybody know where that line is? I don't know exactly. Where I think it, it runs through Mississippi somewhere. It has, yeah, it's a line I don't want to be on, but they don't want to be any north of that. So I think there's a little bit more desire and de- and indeed effort or need to win. And then. There is just the uh, the narrative of both those teams need to prove to themselves they can beat a good one. Now, last year, last week, uh, the Dolphins did what the Cowboys have been doing all season long at home and just smoked a team where you really mm-hmm. don't know what you gained from it other than you prove to yourself as a Dolphin that you can score 30 points on a on a bad defense without Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. And that's that's an important thing. I think proving to yourself a bunch of things is needed going into the playoffs, which is why I asked the question, is it the best case scenario for Dallas to go through the wild card? Because they've got a losing record on the road this year. They do. They are a completely different team away from AT&T Stadium this year. Their points per game is different. Everything is different on the road, and it's even more out of kilter and out of whack on grass. And if you're playing in Tampa, this isn't the Brady Tampa team last year that looked like it was stuck in mud. Like, 
they look like they can score points with Baker Mayfield. They're playing. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying they're a great team, but they're right. they're a get you team and a team that doesn't play well on the road, doesn't play well on grass, going on the road in grass possibly for a first round matchup against a very a team with a lot of fight, the same way the Arizona Cardinals have fight in week two of the season or three of the season. Yeah, I'm not buying that. They're not I'm just afraid. saying. You can't manufacture fear of Tampa. I, it's not know? a. It's not a fear of Tampa. It is. Is this who this team is? Because that's who they've shown me they are. Yeah, but they believe they're more than that. I, I, I do believe that. Except they're, when they're they, not. <laughs> I mean, they did it last year. That's one of the few things that the Cowboys can legitimately point to and say, well, if you're saying the things I can't do, the one thing I have proven to you is I can win a playoff game on the road against a bad team in Florida or an average team in Florida. I've, I've proven that. It was a bad team. Oh uh, yeah, okay. I mean, but they were a playoff team, good, bad, or indifferent. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, they have at least said, well, if you're if you're telling me that the, of all the things I can't do, the one thing I have done as a Dallas Cowboy teammate team member is last year win a game in Florida in the playoffs. But I get your point, and, and I think McCarthy put it best about this season about you know this has been a, a phenomenal year when he talks about peaks and valleys. That those peaks have come at home and those valleys certainly on the road. And this is kind of an opportunity to kind of even things out on what has been a ridiculously, I guess, fun ride. This is what he had to say about the season. Oh, I think so. I mean, hey, trust me, no one wants to lose. No one wants to, you know, have a, you know, kind of performance uh, that you have to answer the kind of questions we've had to answer. But um, I, I do think the negative experiences uh, in this journey is that's where the gold is. I mean, that's, you talk, you talk about, you know, building and, 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 and stacking success. But, you know, the, the negative experiences uh, of going through that, you know, it, it gives you some clarity of, you know, hey, what, you know, what wasn't right? Wasn't I right? You know, what do I need to do better? Um, you know, and a lot of things, you know, come, you know, come down to the technique part of it, the fundamentals. And I, I think that's really when you look at our evaluation process, I think we do a, a really thorough job of giving our players, you know, the feedback, you know, of their mental performance, their fundamental technique performance, and you know, we have they have their own personal cut ups that they've done every Monday, Tuesday. They can go back and look at it. So we're in tune with with the other guys looking at, you know, as far as the Miami people. So um, I think you just gotta you gotta stay true to that because um, you know the one thing that we talked about in the team was you know our peaks have been unbelievable. I mean, this is. Some of the highest peaks that I've seen over of a course of a season so far, uh, but the but the valley we had a couple of valleys that are way too low. So um, consistency, you know, how, how do you get that? And I think just really being in tune with your experiences and everybody just really, you know, staying on top of the, the self Scott. Because the end of the day, if it's going to be about you learning and growing, then you have to stay on top of what you're doing. We can't be worried about what the other guys are doing all the time. The next opportunity to learn and grow is Sunday. The Miami Dolphins on the road, on grass, humid heat, all that makes December football fun. Hey, we'll continue talking Dallas Cowboys, but next the Spurs go down and give away 37 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, the continuing saga of the chase for the number one draft pick. It's R&R in the morning continuing next here on 941 San Antonio Sports Star. Happy holidays, it's a doggy dog Christmas. A lot of treats to complete on the wish list. Whatever the venue, hit up the menu. Did somebody say, just eat? Tell Santa I ain't asked twice. Everything I order, both naughty and nice. Whatever the venue, hit up the menu. Did somebody say, just eat? 
Ain't nothing changed here Getting sushi delivered by a reindeer Most wonderful time of the year It's a just eat anything vibe over here Think outside the box if your plan is Nothing more than a cold turkey sandwich Gotta pimp that a meal like a Mac Limitless snacks and my just eat sack You ever see an elf carrying a roast ham? When I sit in the whip bumping slow jams The weather outside turn cold and I stay cooler than an ice up snowman Warming up with a miso soup Miso bossy and miso snoop Got my man Mr. Claus on the line Let him know that it's just eat time Happy holidays, it's a doggy dog Christmas. A lot of treats to complete on the wish list. Whatever the venue, hit up the menu. Welcome back to RR in the morning, right here on San Antonio Sports Star 941FMSASportsStar.com. I am James Pledger, sitting in for Rudy J this morning, Rob Thompson riding along as we get you ready for the holiday weekend. It is Christmas. Christmas time is here, which means my favorite time of the year, which is the the traditions that ensue. And one of the traditions I love to do, I don't know about your traditions, but my favorite holiday tradition as it comes to the Christmas season is A, making trash, which is a mix of sorts with different cereals and pretzels and stuff like that that is smothered in this valance that is covered by bacon grease basically with a bunch of spices and stuff and it is phenomenal the other is and you could say whatever you want it is it isn't a christmas movie christmas eve i watch hans gruber fall off the nakatomi tower that's it christmas eve that's how i spend it right before i go to sleep to wake up christmas morning it ain't christmas until hans gruber falls off the nakatomi tower die hard is my christmas movie i don't care if it's yours i don't care what you consider it it is my Christmas tradition. It is my Christmas movie. I have a Hans Gruber falling off the Nakatomi Tower advent calendar. Every night I get home and I move him down one one floor one day from the top, and he's about to hit he's about to hit the floor at twenty five in a couple of days. So me and my buddy we have these Hans Gruber diehard advent calendars that we take a shot each day at the end of the night. We move Hans Gruber down a floor and take a shot, and that's how we end our day. And Christmas tradition. It's one of my favorite things. So you can say that Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. It is my Christmas movie. It is my Christmas tradition. That's what I do. And I have a Hans Gruber advent calendar. Nothing signifies Christmas more than an advent calendar. Am I right, Rob? Um, what does is, what is your advent calendar give you for Hans Gruber? A, a shot of Jameson. What? Really? A shot of Jameson. There's a shot in every day? Well, it, Hans moves down a floor each day. And all the way to the 25th. Are you pouring the shot or yes. is it just oh. But it's an advent calendar. It's a countdown to Christmas. I'm down. There are 25 floors and Hans Gruber has to make it each day one floor. It's the slowest fall. <laughs> is, this is the scene where he's looking back up at you. Yeah. It's a, uh, but it's a Christmas tradition. A that and trash. Well, it's very good, and I haven't gotten a delivery of that. It's a movie that happens over Christmas. Yeah, it, it can be whatever. It can be an action movie. It can I be whatever you want. It is it. my Christmas tradition. Mine alone. We do Harry Potter. So yeah, I get you. I'm, <laughs> I'm down. I'm down. 
Uh, anything's better than watching what we had to watch last night, and I pity those that, you know, watch the Spurs because they have to. Because uh, Have to? Well, you know, some of us have to because we want to talk about You're it. You're not enjoying this? Well, you know, here's the thing that really, you know, there's reasons to take away anger, reasons to be mad in every game. Spurs gave up 37 points in the fourth quarter last night. Mm-hmm. It was a moderately competitive game. It was very competitive. Um, Up until then. Until the... (laughs) Now, last year, we would have said, well, that's what the plan is. Mm -hmm. This year, it's still the plan. Is it the plan, or is it it bad habits formed from last year? There's bad habits, but, you know, how old is Wimby? He's on a minutes restriction at 19. I think that's all you need to know. Hey, well, let's talk to... (laughs) We're going to talk with Mike McCarthy, the head head coach of your Dallas Cowboys, coming up. Lots of questions to answer after last week's debacle. Are they ready for Miami? We're going to ask him. That's next. It's R&R in the morning, and you're on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM. It's R&R here on San Antonio Sports Star. Rudy J in the hole today. If you're watching live on the YouTube feed, you already know. Just getting here. That's James Pledger in the hoodie. I'm comfy. Yeah, no, I'm <laughs> I'm comfy too. It's these seventeen hour days. You got to be comfy. Well, it's Christmas. It should be sixty nine and humid. <laughs> and that's South Texas, right? Well, I'm sure it really helps to when you're trying to prepare for Miami climates. Well, I mean, the humidity is one thing. It, it, it it's the heat. I get you. You know the, the the narrative this week. It's hard to it, it's hard to pick which is, is the better question to ask. What's the what's the bigger pressing need when you talk Dallas Cowboys? Is it is it run defense? Is it is is it has it truly been exposed that this is a team that can't stop the run? Is that the is that the question that really needs to be answered this weekend, or is it just the existential question of is this team capable of beating a playoff caliber team on the road? Or is it playoff caliber team on the road stopping the run and uh, uh, scoring 30 points? I mean, at what point do we find the, the quintessential question to have answered to see where the Cowboys need to be? Well, I mean, we're really good at moving the goalposts when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys, are we not? Well, there's always going to be the what you whatabouts, and you haven't done this yet. And I think a lot of teams are facing that, but the Cowboys are certainly victims of it because they make their own beds. You know, one of the things, and we're waiting. Uh, it is time to, uh, for the regular stop by A.A. Best Bell Bonds brings them to you. He's here right now, head coach of your Dallas Cowboys, Mike McCarthy. Head, good morning, coach. How's your Friday morning going? Uh, it's going well. Happy holidays. Good morning. Uh, good. Uh, thank you very much, coach. We appreciate and, and to you and yours, the very same. You know, we were just talking about this week. It's been uh, it's one of two questions, coach. You can tee them up however you like. <laughs> your, your, your rush defense is suspect and you can't win on the road. Which one are you more tired of? Um... Uh, I mean, it's, just, it's it's part of the it's part of the NFL season. I mean, it's uh, you're always you're always working on something. I mean, that's just that's the beauty of this game. So, um, not really tired of any of them. I'm just looking forward to the challenge and how how you you're able to grow week in and week out and 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 basically get ready for the next challenge. I mean, this is definitely a different team than we played in the last one. Uh, obviously, playing in a totally different climate. So, we'll have a great opportunity to 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 get a good road win. 
Yeah, yesterday I heard you talk, Coach, about the peaks and valleys of the season and how the peaks have been extraordinary and the valleys haven't been so much. And, you know, it's the EKG of a season and being blessed with adversity. And you can, you can find some things in there. You know, certainly you, you learn a lot coming out of these things. Tell us about Dak's role as kind of the, the leader of the team. And, you know, he's always been that kind of solid, straight line, no up, no down kind of a guy. How much has that been tested on him this week? Oh, I think it's uh, him and the whole leadership group. Um, you know, it, those guys. I, I think we have excellent leadership in, in our locker room, and, and this is the time where, you know, leading by example is is you know, emphasized. And uh, you know, and he, just like you've already stated, he does he does a great job of it. I, I think these these seasons are you know always challenging. It's uh, you're going to have adversity. It's just a matter of how much and when, and, and most importantly, how do you advance through it? And you know, it's something we spend a lot of time uh, going all the way back to the off-season program. So these are the moments that, uh, you know, you prepare for and, and you really look forward to lacing them up and, and competing. Coach, morning. You talked a couple of times this season about sustaining success and the difficulty you've had and finding that even more difficult at times than rebounding from a loss. And Dak was talking about last week, Feeling similar to San Francisco in the lead up, and they just lost the juice as it came into the game. Is that kind of part of the thing you're dealing with when you talk about sustaining success? Um, yeah, I think sustaining success is is is, is a bigger picture, you know, focal point. And I think it's you know, I just can go off my own personal experience. Um, you know, I I think it's more difficult to to go to the playoffs eight years in a row mm-hmm. than it is to, to, to win a, to win one Super Bowl. Uh, because, you know, you, you've seen teams get hot at the end of, in the end of a season and, and, and take that run into a Super Bowl, into a Super Bowl victory. So, uh, but to do it week in and week out over a long period of time. So it, that that's really, you know, my message about sustaining success. But I, I think in a season game to game, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's more specific. There's, there's more things you're dealing with. I mean, you know, let's be honest. There's there's a lot of time and energy spent on injury reports and, and how important that information is, and and that's real. Um, so, how do you adjust to that? That's part of the adversity advancement that we're talking about. So, you you got to overcome all, all the elements of your own team and and their team too. So, um, and you know, and I, we kind of ran into one here there in Buffalo. Hey, coach, you ever seen a team as fast as Miami is? Um. But definitely not on you know on paper, but in on video. No, they're they're impressive. They're 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 speeding their offensive perimeter group. I'm trying to. I don't. The only team I can compare them to is the you know the the greatest show on turf. You know, but you know because they had five perimeter players that can that can all hurt you. You know, back in the early 2000s. You know, coach, I'm a basketball guy. We used to play against teams that would press and go at you. We'd have seven guys on the court. You know, <laughs> to, to work on that kind of defense. Uh, when you when you get ready to play an offense like that, how do you prepare? Because not only do they offer the speed, but they have the same kind of motion concepts that you see against San Francisco. Does it feel like San Francisco or something on steroids or or, or you know, forgive the the term the PED kind of thing? But does it feel different with that kind of speed? Uh, I mean, speed is definitely uh, is definitely there. That makes them different. But yeah, there's definitely some carryover from San Francisco. Now, but, coach, does that speed? in terms become even faster when you talk about how quickly Tua gets rid of the ball. So you're not only dealing with the speed of the players, but then the speed of which the ball comes out of the quarterback's hands. 
Uh, definitely. I mean, I, I think a big part of you know him playing so fast is is who he's thrown it to. So, and and that that obviously serves well on their protection plan. So, yes, they're, they're. I mean, I mean, he's playing at a very high level. I mean, his production numbers speak for themselves. But it, you know, his ability to get to get the ball out that fast and to play within the time clock of these guys is you know, it's unique. That's Mike McCarthy, head coach of your Dallas Cowboys. He's brought to you every week by AA Best Bail Bonds. Uh, coach, I've heard you talk on a couple of occasions about you know the signpost parts of the season, and 11 wins is, is certainly one of those uh, numbers that you look at, and you talk about evaluating after you reach the 11. Uh, uh, if, in fact, you reach the 11 in the next two weeks, what does that mean for your team? And, and you said evaluating. Are you looking at uh, playoff matchups, health of guys? Is it all kind of rolled into that at 11? I'm trying to figure out where you go from there. Yeah, I mean the the eleven win uh, focus is really just to keep everybody on point to focus on the current win and, and really, you know, I, if I, I never said the word evaluate. Oh, okay. What I, what I said, eleven eleven wins gives you clear perspective on what you need to do. You know, eleven wins will get you in the playoffs uh, in, in today's NFL, and then it gives you clarity on what you need to do there at the end stretch. So that's that that's really why. Um, and I know we have to have the conversations because all these narratives everybody wants to talk about it's part of our job, but it, it it doesn't do us any good talking about it. I mean, it's just really, you know, it's a waste of energy. So it's just more of a focal point. Um, that and, it, and that's the reality. You know, until we get to eleven wins, I, you know, I, it, the clarity on exactly what we need need to do to remain of the season, um, you know, it, it'll it'll give us a clean. Well, what did the clarity of the getting into the playoffs last week give you? Well, frankly, I didn't even know about it till I think I got to the press conference. So that, that, so that shows you how much you know we were. Really you know, coach, you, you, uh, you, that's the second time I've heard that. Y'all really didn't know that uh, Atlanta had gone down. No, I mean, I, I mean, you know, you're playing in a late game. I mean, you know, so. Yeah. Well, I, I just found that interesting. I, I think it's really cool to keep your head down like that. And was that the mentality to get to eleven? Keep your head down. Don't matter. At eleven o'clock, we'll put our head above water and see where everybody is. Yeah, I think that's I think that's the best utilization of energy that you can have when just you just worry about yourself. When you look at Miami's defense, what makes them different this year over the past? Um, I say, well, obviously different scheme. Uh, so you know, and I think Vic now has them, you know, playing you know to his standard. Um, so uh, you know, it's it, there's some similarities of how he's played before, but the I mean, front is, is extremely talented and active. You know, got outstanding corners. So this is the, this will be an excellent challenge for our offense. Coach, there's a lot of talk about injuries every week with you, but talk about some of the positives of the injuries. Like last week, Tony Pollard saying his feeling was night and day from week one, and how important is it for him to be feeling as good as he's feeling getting into this later part of the season as y'all get ready for a postseason run? Well, I mean, health is probably you know one of the top top two things that's most important for your football team, maybe the most important. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's, that, that's, that's clearly, you know, how we try to, you know, put together our training plan uh, each and every week. Uh, it's only for what's in front of us this week, but also what's in front of us the remainder of the season. So, I mean, that's, that's always been the approach. And um, so uh, I think we do a good job of that and just, you know, try to pour as much time and resources Forces into the rest recovery of our players uh, because at the end of the day, it's a healthy team gives the best ch- chance to win. That's head coach Mike McCarthy here on San Antonio Sports Star. I heard you mention about hoping for some Christmas spirit and the aid of the tackling. Uh, <laughs> um, 
what do you do when you get when you have a game like that? Is it reinforced? Or are you just it's we all know we're professionals. We need to tackle and wrap up and that kind of stuff. Do you focus on it or you joke about it like like you did and just say we were pros. Go do your job. No, no, we focus on you it. We have, we have a segment. Yeah, we have a segment uh, every week uh, in our Thursday you know team meeting about. You know, the, the fundamentals, you know, our fundamentals, our Cowboy Six, we refer to them as, and tackling is obviously one of them. So, uh, obviously, that was highlighted uh, yesterday. And, and you always, you know, we have adversity advancement segments that uh, that we do on on Saturdays. So, we're we're always, you know, showing video and showing situations. And, you know, just, you know, it's all part of, you know, understanding, knowing, knowing the situations of football. But you just keep, uh, you know, keep sharpening your you know, stay sharp in that area, and um, I, I think it's all part of the education and growth of your football team. You know, year in and year out. What was the Cowboys six? Excuse me. Uh, the six fundamentals of football. You know, ball security, tackling, blocking, uh, pursuit, cover, and finish, uh, pre-snap mannerisms, and uh, big play production. Is there anything in particular you have to do to get ready for such an? inverse climate condition from one week to the next and last week the cold and the rain and then this week you've got the heat and the humidity well i think this i think this week is a is a you know the challenge that's closer to the climate we practice in so um you know i knew last week was gonna be different and frankly i thought we we got we, we caught a break up there because you know, the rain really really didn't, really didn't come until the second half so mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I don't think the climate, the climate is going to be an issue. Should have been an issue last week either. How, how you feeling, coach? Feeling good. You know, feeling I had good. I lost my appendix. You know, I had the same thing. I went through that you did a couple of weeks back. It, it took me a couple three weeks before I felt normal again. <laughs> I'm just uh, you're you're a stronger man than I am. I'm just reflecting on the fact that uh, yeah. the fact that you did what you did, coach. Uh, hats off, man. Uh, it, that was a really re- remarkable thing to watch you do. Uh, and for those that haven't gone through it, that was man. I don't know how you found the energy. It was really uh, really impressive thing. I, and uh, I, I mean that from the bottom. I don't know how you managed to do it. Well, thank you. Uh, well, I congratulate you on That'd all the nice. other stuff too, man. That, that must not have been easy. And you know, you, you chased the eleven, coach. You're almost there. And congratulations on getting this far. We know there's a lot more work to do, but there has to be a little bit of flowers given. Congratulations on making the playoffs. That was an, uh, obviously a goal that has been attained. Now there's more to do. And thanks for stopping by this week. We wish you a, a, a wonderful holiday season. Merry Christmas, and we'll talk to you next week. You bet. Thank you, man. Happy holidays once again. Head coach Mike McCarthy of the Dallas Cowboys. He's always on our barricade, our buyer's barricade guest line, brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. Best present would be to unwrap a win on Sunday, that would right? Be the easiest and best one. You don't even just, don't even wrap it. Just put it in a gift bag and pull that freight paper <laughs> off the top. This is R&R in the morning. We got a whole bunch more to do. So hang around with us. He's James. I'm Rob. We'll be right back. Oh, 600. What's the O stand for? Oh, my God, it's early. Wake me up. Wake me up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake me up. Wake me up. Wake up. Rob Thompson. 
Ginobili the other way in transition to the oh, backboard. Oh. I want some nasty. Rudy J. Cowboys win. How else would you settle this game? How about this, Cowboys? Yeah. each day as if it were on purpose. I wake up in the morning, I piss excellent. R&R in the morning on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Hey, good morning to you. Good morning. It's R&R in the morning here on San Antonio Sports Star. That was not Rudy J. He's in the hole till Wednesday of next week, enjoying time with friends and family in his stead. That's James Pledger beginning a long stretch of work. Is uh, it weird not hearing Mike McCarthy go, morning, Rudy? Yeah, I think he was kind of like stunned when he you said something. He was let down. I think he was. I think he was let down. Uh, Mike McCarthy just stopped by. If you missed any of that, check out it. All we can do there at the audio vault at uh, sasportstar.com. It's brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds, as is Mike McCarthy. I want to thank him for stopping by. But every day at 7 o'clock, we do the same thing because that's what we do well. We talk San Antonio Spurs. It is silver and black time. The Spurs uh, in the um, middle of a three-game road swing through Chicago down to Dallas. Chicago, three-quarters of rather uh, average basketball. And that's saying something for a San Antonio Spurs team. A a fourth-quarter collapse for lots of reasons. Wimby didn't show, or at least didn't play much, only seven points last night. And, um, 22 minutes. 22 minutes. He had just, he's coming off setting a record uh, for an NBA teenager with eight straight double doubles, I believe, was the record that he set as a teen uh, coming off an off game or game off, uh, dealing with some ankle soreness last night. I didn't see him limping, but he certainly didn't feel 100%. I don't. I didn't see that. What? Him not feeling 100%? You don't, well, I, he didn't look 100%. I mean, he didn't play 100% in terms of just, but I think part of that is just the herky jerkiness of this offense and trying to find its identity and who it needs to go to and who it needs to run through. Like, I, I never see consistently similar offense week in, week out or night in, night out from the San Antonio Spurs in terms of who they want to be. It's like they're searching for something new every game. Well, they're certainly not changing what we believe needs to be changed. And pregame, Pop talked about his team, the herky-jerkiness, his big player, uh, prep and growth and all the things that go into a team that's lost uh, 21 of 22 games. You know, we actually showed him the the rookie years of guys like LeBron, KD, uh, Anthony Davis, some other people, and they had tough initial years also because uh, they were top picks and didn't go to experienced teams. Uh, and he's in that same situation. David and Timmy had it a lot more uh, amenable to uh, understanding and improving more quickly, probably. Uh, Victor's going to do it a lot more by hit and miss. Uh, and by the time he spends on the court. But he's not going to get a lot of counsel from uh, veteran leaders on what's going on on the court. Uh, So we're spending a lot of time uh, with film, uh, showing him uh, other players that have gone through the league. uh, I mean, you know, Kevin McHale's post moves or uh, Michael and Kobe's rocker steps. You know, things like that, that uh, we, we didn't do that with Tim Duncan or David Robinson. Uh, so uh, 
we're trying to fill up uh, his computer, so to speak, with uh, experience uh, because there aren't going to be people on the court doing that for him. So it is a different situation. Luckily, uh, he has a, a similar character, uh, high IQ. Uh, he understands the game. Uh, he just has to spend time on the court because he has no idea who he's guarding or who's guarding him, you know, until he goes through the cycle uh, and figures it out. Uh, that's Coach Pop pregame talking about his team, specifically Wimby and how they're getting him through this season. And there's so much in there that I appreciate, but also that angers me. All right, let's start with what angers you because I've got, I've, I've got an issue with a lot of Spurs fans right now and their anger and vitriol towards this team. Well, I'm mad because he's telling us exactly what we know, that this is a team that is not of the caliber that uh, mm-hmm. Tim landed on. And certainly, well, uh, David didn't land on a great team, but he landed on a better team. Tim landed on a very, very good team. Mm-hmm. Like this, I mean, yeah, it's completely different. The, the, the David situation, I think, is a little bit more applicable. Uh, when you tell me, well, he doesn't have the veteran leadership on the team to guide him. Mm-hmm. Well, go get it. We know that has worked in the past. If, if, if we're going to be losing like this, and when you talk about the rest of the team, like they're trapped, like, you know, Tim had it better and David had it better. Look at who Victor's got. That feels like what, what Pop is saying. Like he's here and there's so little on the court with him to help him get better that I mm-hmm. have to go to video. I got to go to the library to go find Kevin McHale highlights. Well, I thought Tim Duncan was a coach of note right around the corner. Isn't he around helping? And and can't we go get a a veteran to maybe work him out in practices to kind of help him and in games? Because what's that going to mean? We only lose by 30 instead of 25 because we went with an old guy? I I don't get the plan. I, I understand what you're telling me. But the plan could include an entirely different path, and we get to the same way, same place. You're telling me the team's that bad that we don't have anybody to help him get better. Mm-hmm. So we have to use video. Mm-hmm. Well, why don't you go get some guys to help him get better? Well, the problem is, and this is the issue with Spurs fans I have right now, is... The microwave society of this team has never experienced losing. Y'all have never had to deal with it. Uh, Well, not recently. You've never had to deal with it. Even when you were losing in the playoffs, you were losing in the playoffs. Like, y'all never missed the playoffs two consecutive years in a row in franchise history until just recently. Mm -hmm. That is... A, a spoil of spoils that people will never know in terms of every organization goes through a lull, a down period. Well, they got what they got the end goal. They trade away DeJounte, they trade away Derek White, they trade away Jakob Pertle, and this was the end goal, and they got it. But this guy isn't Tim Duncan or David Robinson. He's not a guy in which This is the NBA. You're a big man. This is how you play. He is this alien that they weren't sure what to expect with him or how to fit pieces around him. So their idea going into this season was let's 
Let's see what fits before we make any rash decisions and reevaluate this at the end of the year or maybe at the trade deadline or whatever it may be. But let's see what Wimby is on the court before we decide too harshly how to build around him and put pieces that don't fit and commit a whole bunch of money and draft equity that doesn't fit with his skill set. Right now they're figuring out what Wimby is. They're trying to figure out what fits around him, and I think they're going to build from there. Didn't they already extend a couple of these cats? I think they've made some decisions that you're thinking they're waiting on. The only cat they extended was Trey and Devin this offseason. Okay, so Devin's committed. Let's hear from Devin real quick. Devin actually uh, talked about this team and how they are actually uh, working to get better, and this is actually a glimmer of hope. I think just being a being a team, uh, being a young team, we got to be able to know each other's strengths. You know what I'm saying? I mean, Wimby at seven five, we got to see him. You know, when he's down there and whether he's posting up or if he's sealing early, we got to see him. Um, you know, if Jeremy's posting a smaller guard, we got to know that that's a mismatch. We got to know that we could get it to him. Like if I'm open at three point line, if I'm open sometimes, like we just got to get it there. Like we got to just be able to play to each other's strengths. I feel like sometimes we might dribble one or two more times, and now instead of Wimby being open on a lob, now they crack down to him, and now he's not open or. If we over-dribble it, now I'm not open on the three or whatever the case may be. And now instead of it being a good shot, it's a contested shot. And now it's a long rebound. We're trying to get back in transition, and it just trickles down from there, from there, from there. So I feel like at the end of the day, we just really got to understand each other. Like, we got to understand. I mean, we don't play 20-something games now. I feel like we should have more and a better understanding. And um, that's not, I mean, it, it's on all of us, and we just got to be better. There's no, no quick fix. You just got to keep getting to know each other. Um, I feel like there's flashes. I feel like we have flashes here and there. I think that for consistently, we got to, as a team, we got to play better for 48 minutes. Let's just put it that way. Obviously. And the point being with him, at least he sees the problem and, and he acknowledges they should be better. This is a team. You can say, James, that we're not used to winning or losing, losing. like this and we're, you know, rebuilding takes time. What team in the world gets worse when you add Wimby? What I mean, at, at its most fundamental basic, how on earth did you get worse? A team that stripped everything away. Everything away to get him. We didn't strip everything away. We didn't. What are you talking about? What 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 was stripped away from last year? I'm just talking about Yacob from last Pirtle. last year's bat. So you're saying we lost Jacob and we added Wimby and the net is a negative? See, that's what fans like. We look at this and we go, I get you, Devin. You got to learn each other. But even Devin goes, man, we should be better. We, yes. We should be better. But he also talks about understanding how to play it's with been Wimby. 22 games they've been practicing together since October. This is not building Rome. This is five guys learning to play basketball together. It ain't that hard. They should be better, and they're not. And no matter how we sugarcoat that Victor and he doesn't have help, well, that's one problem. The other problem is you guys can't find him. You even admitted it, Devin. When 7-5 is in the paint, we got to find him. We know that this Sohan experiment hasn't worked. We know. Well, I don't need 30 more games to tell me that this is never, ever going to work. Not now, not next year, not ever. 
Will it in flashes? Sure, it'll fill a gap. But we knew that five games ago. We knew that 10 games ago. We knew that 15 games ago that Jeremy at some point can run point guard. We've none, learned nothing new. So yeah. as we sit now, mm -hmm. we blow another fourth quarter, give up 37 points in the fourth. I don't know how. We're yet again justifying, well, Wimby's having to watch some tape. Because mm -hmm. we don't have the guys around him to get him better. Mm -hmm. That's what you're telling me. And we're having to evaluate, and he's having to go through this cycle because he doesn't have any veteran guys around him. Well, go get the damn veterans. We're not. I'm obviously ready to wait. I'm obviously ready to wait this year or next year or whatever it takes. But if you're telling me we have to do something different because we haven't built the team in an appropriate manner, well, then fix it. Fix it. Go get a dude, an old guy that's willing to do it. Or something akin to that. Don't tell me how we get better. You know, on a plane, he watches Kevin McHale YouTubes. He's watching... What's the... What's the how do you fix it in December 24th? You fix it with little things every day. And you're telling me there's not a guy here to help. You're having to watch video of Kevin McHale. And, yes, you know. there's not a guy here. Name the vet that can help. Name the vet that can How about any anybody kind of other than what we got here? How about anybody else? Anybody <laughs> who's 10 years who's willing to come? You're telling me that, you know, he's having to go through more because it was easier with Tim and David because they had talent around him. Well, what the hell were we got here? We don't have any talent. I was told we had some first-round draft picks. I was told we had Devin Vassell that was an all-star candidate. I was told that Keldon was an, a, a Team USA caliber kind of dude who's already into the second contract, who's already there, already a vet. And we keep telling him, no, he's not a vet. He's young. And no, there's not any talent. No, well, uh, this is a learning experience to see what fits around Wimby. And what are, is our takeaway so far early in this season? It doesn't look like Keldon fits very no, well. No, we know that. We so know we I don't have a point Keldon's card. I think on the block at some point well, this year. I w everybody's on the block. There's nobody on this team who has the right to think they're safe. No one, not one. Well, not I think one. there's one. Well, we know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody's coming for Malachi. N no, but the one thing I, I have learned this year, and I think that's what they were looking for, are we building around Kevin, Devin, and Wimby as our big three, or are we going to have to pick which one we decide we want to keep, if any of them? And I think at this point, right now, they have learned Keldon's not the guy to lead us as a, a trio the way Tim, Tony, and Manu were. You know, I would agree if we had a, a quarterback that allowed us to see what our talent truly looks like, if we had a guy who could deliver the ball and run an offense that would really show me and can Devin and Keldon and Victor work together cohesively. There's no – see, we'll not know until we figure out how to run the game or run the offense, and we don't have anybody to do that. So I don't know how good Keldon could be because, like Devin said, there have been flashes, and there have been. And I, I – firmly believe that this team has taken the mentality that Wimby brought that is it, good, better, to better, to best. This guy is a willing, sharing basketball player. Mm -hmm. I, I think they're trying to share it. I, but there is a, a hindrance. They're playing four and a half on five. There, there is a hindrance at the beginning of their offense. It just And everything has flubbed up since then from that. And until they rectify that, we're not going to be able to answer some of these questions. We're going to have to continue hearing, well, you know, we're showing him video of uh, 
David Robinson, which, by the way, this is a, if you were giving videos to Wimby, like these are the three dudes you should copy. Mm-hmm. Three guys. You get watch the video, and I want you to take this from that guy, that skill from that dude, and this thing from that guy, yes. and take those three things and go be great. I ask you, who are the videos? That you offer. You seem to have taken an umbrage with the fact that they're showing him Kevin McHale highlights. Oh, I love the fact. I think that's brilliant. (laughs) I think Kevin McHale has more post moves than any guy I've ever witnessed. I mean, uh, the brilliance. But They, They can teach him more with Kevin McHale videos about the low post than anybody on this roster. Dude, I've watched a lot of F1. I can't drive a race car. Aren't coaches supposed to be able to coach? We don't with, have the. Remember, you watch aren't the video. Aren't they supposed to be guys. able to take video to? We don't have the guys. He has. We ha, he has to watch video because we don't have the guys on the team to to teach him by hand. I mean, one of the greatest, greatest low post players of all time lives probably five miles from where Victor has. But I mean, we, we have busy. to use some video. It's uh, we've reached a level of which I, I I didn't think I'd have to get because. I sat down in my chair this morning knowing full well this team sucks and it's next year, maybe three years. I've accepted that fact. But when I see that the the Spurs are now considered so bad that the the next opportunity that the Spurs have to play against a team that by its record is literally worse, Mm -hmm. that team is favored. Well, I mean, that game's on the road, Rob. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I, I... I like to hear what what he had to say, what Devin had to say. I appreciate what Pop had to say. But here's the bad news. Uh, how old is Wemby? He's 19 years he's 19. old. 19. Um, he's on a pitch count. We figured how many games. I think Rudy thought 70. I kind of thought less. But 70 I thought was an appropriate number. We'll, we'll go with 70 for a rookie. Uh, he, well, it has to be what? He, he, What's the number that he, he needs to make? Uh, 68. He can only miss like 15. I, I don't something. know. It's something. It's 15. Magic number, it's 15, I believe. I think they were aiming at 70. Yeah. Um, I think that's the number. And to get there, uh, there, 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 there is a pitch count. This is Wimby talking about his minutes. A um, little bit of both, you know, it's, uh, but most importantly, it's, um, you know, my first season, my, my body adapting, you know, to the, to this, so it's, uh, it's, uh, we think about the long term, you know. They're thinking about the long term, and I get it. Seven points last night, ineffectual. I mean, does does it help to play Wimby 48 minutes no, and no, break him for the future? No, I'm not, I'm not anti on that. a bad team, but again, he is only 19, 18, whatever the age is. Sure, but I think if there's anything we learn, A, from the Spurs with what happened with Tim Duncan, Manu Ginobili, and Tony Parker, and B, what's going on with LeBron. Whether they want to admit it or not, Adam Silver, the data is in. Low management does prolong players' career. They're playing so much longer than they ever had because they're not Banging up their legs as much as they used to. They're not playing meaningless minutes late in a game or in a season where all hope is lost mm-hmm. and you're just logging minutes to log minutes. And it's prolonged these guys' careers. And if I would much rather see Wimby with a good team in 10 years and then 10 years from that still playing at that level, then I would 
wasting him on uh, on three extra wins in a fifteen win season. Yeah, he's got video to watch. You can you just you know <laughs> give him his uh PlayStation. His uh what's the uh, portable handheld? What's the big one now? The, the Wii? switch. The switch. Give him the switch. Let him watch some video. Play some games. Uh, but on another note, you see where the McCombs family bought back into the Spurs. Yeah. Uh, joining, you know, Gebbia, that, that dude that's part of the, what is he, Airbnb? Mm-hmm. And Michael Dell and mm-hmm. all those uh, earnest partners and Victory Capital and all that. What does that tell you? Is that good news? I, I think I take that as very good news. It's a way to make money. Well, I think, <laughs> well, no, I'm, you know, the, the worry about all those Austin types and all that, you know, California money coming through Austin and the expansion of the brand and the games in Austin and all that. The, mm-hmm. the McCombs family, th- that certainly provides that anchor into San Antonio. The roots are deep. Well, so, I mean, it depends how much, I mean, how much have they bought in for? Well, I, I mean, I, if, I wonder it, who if it's sold. one to two percent or something like that, how much say do they have in what happens to a franchise? I don't expect to have any say. The, 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 the whole family still has managing control. Um, but it is nice to know that the anchor of the McCombs name and, the, you know, the history in San Antonio, you know, there's always that fear that there's other teams trying to poach your guys. Mm-hmm. Um, it might help in uh, keeping things around and also aid in the development of a new stadium, which rumors are floating around that it's just about a done deal. That's that the, the most next, important thing. The next stadium is going to be down there where the Institute of Texan Cultures is, and I think the McCombs name and the uh, the Coons McComb name, the land development and all that plays a vital role in that. So good news. Um it's just part of the family coming back home. I mean, I can't wait for that new stadium. You know, because Red, yeah, the McCombs owned the Nuggets there for a bit. You know, they did. That? Yeah, they did. That's your Silver and Black podcast. We too. do it every day at 7 o'clock. Make sure you download it, like it, listen, share it, and do all the appropriate things. You want to talk about appropriate things? That's RJ Ochoa. Hang around. Put your thumb all over it. RJ will be here next. This is R&R in the morning, and you are on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. It's the RJ Ochoa Show on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. What's going on in Jerry's world? What's the latest from Cowboy Camp? Find out right here, Friday mornings at 7.30 and 9.30. With the manager and editor-in-chief of Blogging the Boys, RJ Ochoa. Here's Robin Rudy. It's that time. Welcome back to R&R. There is no Rudy. He's in the hole. James, welcome aboard. It's like the Saturday morning hangover. It feels very familiar as we'd like to welcome <laughs> on RJ Ochoa, blogging the boys' very own good friend of the show, Rock the Mike Champ, and all around good guy. Morning, RJ. Top of the morning. Great to be with you both. You both look jolly. You both look merry. Uh, you both look full of Yuletide greetings. Which, I'm full um, of you Yuletide. Know, I don't know what that even means. I don't either. <laughs> uh, not to say we could go the whole uh, comedy vacation routine, but we won't talk about Yule Logs. But we just had uh, Mike McCarthy on uh, a couple of minutes ago, RJ, and I asked the question, which are you more tired of, the questions about your run defense or your questions about your inability to win on the road? Uh, he said, you know, both of them are challenges. He's not tired of either. But of the two, which is more important? Um, I mean, I think at this stage – probably being able to win on the road. I mean, cause they're, you know, you know, that, that conversation potentially changes, you know, in a week if, if the right things break their way. Um, but, you know, ESPN simulated the remaining three weeks of the regular season 10,000 times. Uh, and the most popular yield was that Dallas would be the top wildcard team. And so, 
Uh, and, and also, that's the most inexplainable, right? Like, you can look at the run defense thing, and I think you can you can find answers. You can say, well, Jonathan Hankins is out, and, and we're not getting right. enough pressure, and, and we're we're reaching and, and overcorrecting here. But there's nothing. There's there's no bit of logic to explain why they're, you know, just not as successful on the road. And uh, you can't just throw your hands up and say, well, we have to sleep in hotels, and that's, you know, that's icky. Um, it's it's a strange set of circumstances and, and one that they're going to have to find a way to overcome. RJ, uh, the other week I asked you about the Cowboys' lack of fatal flaws, right? And we determined, like, this team felt different because it didn't have said fatal flaws. Then they go into Buffalo, and they just got bullied by the Bills. Is it? safe to say that their their fatal flaw just may be having to play away from AT&T Stadium? I mean, I think if I had to generalize their fatal flaw at this point, it's probably having to play really good teams, you know, maybe particularly in their house. Um, you know, I, I, I would mm-hmm. posit that every team has kind of allowed one clunker loss that you're kind of just willing to look at it. It's, okay, that's your clunker. Like, we're not going to evaluate that the same you were had an off day so the cardinals loss was kind of that for the cowboys if it fits my narrative um they got blasted by the 49ers who are objectively the best team in the nfl in san francisco what a crime shame you couldn't beat the best team in the nfl in their house they lost to philadelphia in philly um who you know obviously is taking on some water right now which is just a, a damn shame you really hate to see it uh <laughs> but um you know they've got an elite operation and Dallas almost won that game, and it's a division rival. You can kind of explain it away that way. And then finally, you know, you go to Buffalo, which is a super intimidating environment and home field advantage, and and you catch a Bills team that not only is very talented and more talented than, than meets the eye, but that is super desperate, that is, is you know, backs against the wall. And, and you walk in there a little soft, if you want to call it that, because you just locked up a playoff spot. And so, again, you know, they're big challenges. They can't beat the best teams on the road. And I recognize the frustration in that because at a certain point you have to do it. But, um, you know, I, it doesn't make them trash either, which is the, the popular take, I think, this week. That's RJ Ochoa. He joins us every week. You can follow him daily at Blogging the Boys and, of course, all the socials at RJ Ochoa. The, uh, the, the inability to win on the road, you know, that's one thing. And, you know, the – the uh, heartbeat season. What did what did pa- McCarthy call it? The the, uh, the 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 losses have been awful. Uh, the the peaks, peaks and the valleys. valleys. The valleys have been so low, and the peaks have been so high. Uh, when you see losses like that on Monday morning, what do you what what? How did you parse that loss? It it didn't feel like Arizona. It felt like they knew something that they didn't make the playoffs. I think they tried, but they just went vanilla. Is that an excuse or a reason? I think it can be both. Um, You know, you never want anything to be an excuse, but the reality is that sometimes they exist. Um, You know, and and I think that's why I think there are three classifications of losses this season for them. The the Cardinals loss, again, kind of its own, what the hell happened. The Philly loss, man, we really were the better team. We just shot ourselves in the foot a little bit and, you know, couldn't overcome that hole we put ourselves in on the road. And then, but the Niners and the Bills losses were, we were just outclassed, outmatched, outwitted, outlasted. Jeff Probe snuffed our torch, our torch at the very end. Um, and I mean, on, on one level, yeah, you have to, you know, tip your hat and say that's an elite team, an elite quarterback, even though Josh Allen barely lifted a finger. 
Um, and I think you, you use that as a bit of an excuse. But, um, you know, it, it can't continue to be that way. You know, it, it, it just can't. And that's the, that's the paradigm of sports, right? Like, you know, the reality is only one team, and I've mentioned this before, but at this point only one team has won more regular season games than them since 2021. That's the Kansas City Chiefs. And so they are a really good football team. In fact, they're an elite football team for the most part, but they just aren't number one, right? Like, so that, that's kind of their, their crime right now. And that's the, the standard that they're held to. And that is, you know, certainly the way that you want it. But, um, and, and I think that the way I ultimately settled was nobody came into this season saying, this is all about a week 15 game in Buffalo or even a week right. 16 game in Miami. This is all about getting to January, what you're going to do there. That's the real time where you abolish the narratives and whether or not they're able to do that was certainly put into question by what happened against the Bills. You speak of narratives. In terms of narratives, these teams almost feel like mirror images of each other in terms of can't win against a good team, can't go on the road and win, can't, you know, all of these things. Can something be taken from a game in which two teams are fighting the same narratives? And let's say Dallas goes in, gets a win on the road, on grass, against Miami. Can can they start to quiet some of those narratives? Or can Miami quiet the narrative by beating a Dallas team that is also 10-4 and 4 and a, a, a good team? Or do the fact that these two teams have similar narratives cancel that out? I do think it's funny that we completely forget that the Cowboys won a playoff game on the road, on grass, wearing their cursed Thank blue you. jerseys um, within this calendar year. Yeah. I know it's, you know, co- coming to a close, but that did happen. Um, you know, and, and to your point, Pledge, the narrative, that became all about, well, the Bucks were below 500. You know, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the best version of Tom Brady. I mean, you know, so it, it became all about minimizing that. And I think, you know, to answer your question, it really just is, is who, who's, who's weaving the narrative, who's crafting it. Because somebody's going to win this game, and somebody's going to be able to put that mount in their office, right? To your point, the Dolphins are going to say, hey, we beat those big, bad Dallas Cowboys. We're the best. Sing our songs. And the Cowboys on the other side, it's going to be, hey, we went on the row. We beat a double-digit win team. You know, blah, blah, blah. You notice how the, you know, beat teams above 500 narrative just poof. Yeah, it's gone. Doesn't matter. The the moment, yeah, the moment the Cowboys beat the Seahawks, who were above 500 at the beginning of that game, and then trounced the Eagles, who were obviously well above 500, now it's become this obsession with, and it's fair, but, you know, can't win on the road, can't win, can't beat a good team on the road, because they beat the Panthers on the road, you know, whatever, five weeks ago. Uh, So if you can't beat a good team on the road, add the qualifiers of it being on grass, blah, blah, blah. The goal, I don't mean to say the goalposts continue to move. What was, what are the Cowboys? But I mean, you know, people are always trying to find ways to, to poo poo whatever they've done in our current moment. RJ Ochoa with us for his weekly stop by. Make sure you're following him uh, at blogging the boys. The, uh, the number of the 11 win number was brought up by McCarthy. It had 11 wins. If they get it, they're going to look up, you know, take their head off the uh, the foot off the gas, kind of put their head above water, look around and evaluate. Um, do you see the Cowboys treating every game from here on out after after Miami as kind of like a week 18 game, like if you're kind of injured, we're going to let you get healthy, let's just keep things keep guys healthy or is there No, there's not a chase, is there because they've done the Sims. They're going to be wild card no matter what they do, right? I mean, you know, 
it's the NFL, and the magic of it is that, you know, things can change on a dime, right? Consider that, you know, on, on Monday's edition of R&R in the morning, it's the sky is falling, the Cowboys suck, and then later that night the Eagles lose, and, and all of a sudden hope is reborn. Right. Uh, you know, we, we could win these. And so if Dallas were to win on Sunday, as an example, and Philly were to lose on Christmas Day, then all Dallas would have to do would be to beat the Commanders in Week 18, and they win. And right. so to your point, then you then you do look at the Lions game and say, well, this one isn't as necessary, right? Like, now we really can put these dudes on ice, right? Like, you know, and I, I don't know that I put any stock into the 11 wins portion of it all, uh, but they've got to have one of these next two if they have any hope of winning the division. And so that numerically would at least get them to 11, uh, assuming it happens on Sunday afternoon. And so um, it's – it's hard. It's dangerous because you just never know. You can point to examples in NFL history of one seeds who, who played all the way through their meaningless games in the Super Bowl or who, who fizzled out and were too tired or teams who took their foot off the gas and gave guys two, three weeks worth of rest and then came out flat in their first playoff game. It truly is an evaluation of your locker, your guys, your players, how tired you are. And thankfully, that is something player health wellness is, you know, something Mike McCarthy has obsessed about over mm-hmm. his time. Rob and I were debating this this morning, and you just brought it up and talking about the possibility to still win the division, everything kind of still in front of them within their grasp. What would be better for the Cowboys moving forward? Is it playing an NFC South team that may be at or below 500 or barely over 500 on the road in the first round and avoiding San Francisco till the NFC Championship game or winning the division and getting that home game first to where you could possibly be playing a San Francisco team on the road in the second round. What, what would be the best option for the Cowboys to go? Well, it's worth mentioning that in the same you know simulation exercise that the SPN did, that Dallas lost the wild card round to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers specifically. Uh, again, one simulation result yield. You just never know how that's going to go, but um, I think the you know the best thing within practical reason is that they they wind up winning the division and hold on to the two seed because uh, they're guaranteed two home games and they're guaranteed to avoid San Francisco at least until the NFC Championship game and within that you know you're really crossing your fingers that somebody else goes there and does your dirty work for you and mm-hmm. beats them and, and you don't even have to worry about it. you can even host the NFC Championship game as far as as the wild card. Um, and this is maybe the, the most, you know, likely sort of thing. You got to hope that Cinderella's out there. Like, you, you got to hope that whoever, you know, catches this seven seed, this six seed, you got to hope that one of them gets hot. I the mean, Rams, baby. Score. The Rams. And, you know, the, the only treacherous part of that slope is if the Rams do, you know, continue to stay hot and then you catch the two seed, now you catch the hot right. Rams in the wild card round. And so it's it's a game of, like, I want this, but I don't want that. And I also... You know, I want it to happen this particular way. But if you're five seed, yes, like, like, like nothing you've ever seen before. You want the Rams or the Seahawks. I don't really put a lot of stock into the Vikings. To go to Philly, to go to San Francisco, beat them in the wild card divisional rounds, and, and again, kind of set you up with a much easier path, maybe send you to Detroit. Uh, but that's, you know, that's where we're at here, and that's what makes the fine. Our rooting guide, which we do every week at Blog on the Boys, is always geared towards, like, these are the things you need to root for for the best possible situation. Because of this stupid strength of victory tiebreaker, they're right. counting the Cowboys game. There are 11 games that, that have desired results for the Cowboys this, this week. Out of 16. Uh, I think about that. That's absurd. Like, that's where we're at at this point in the season. Uh, RJ, as far as a bounce-back game, 
Uh, what side of the ball do you think will bounce back better, build back better? Uh, is it that offense come back to play a little bit more as we've seen Tony Pollard kind of get his feet underneath him, or is the defense that was just a one-off and they're tougher than that? I mean, if it was against almost anybody else, I'd say the defense. Um, I, I think that the Cowboys offense shows up, shows out. It's fantasy playoff week. I mean, everybody's got their heads locked down for that, obviously. Um, and, and I think that, you know, offensively they're able to put out somewhere between 24, 33 points. I really – it's not that I don't have faith in the Cowboys' defense, but – and I wrote an article that's coming out uh, later today at our site. This is – you know, we've, we've talked about San Francisco, right, and the Cowboys aren't even playing them. Like, San Francisco truly lives rent-free in all of our minds. Um, but this week offers – I wouldn't say like a dress rehearsal. Yes. Um, but, but, a, a, but a bit of a practice mm-hmm. slash litmus test. Uh, because you're going up against Mike McDaniel, the the, the son of the Kyle Shanahan tree. Yep. Uh, what what he specializes in is motion. Yes, He's yes, motion, yes. Mo- moving dudes all over the place, and so this is this is your chance to kind of get in, you know, some some weird kind of work, and you know, you have the luxury of being in, but also having things to play for. Uh, for what it's worth, San Francisco, obviously this adjusts on a week-to-week basis, but either San Francisco or Miami tends to lead the league, again, every week in pre-snap motion. They're both top three teams, and as of this moment, the third team who generally joins them in that three are the Los Angeles Rams, who could be the team that Dallas catches in the wild card round if they do wind up as the 2 seed, which is funny. Uh, it, go ahead. Oh, we need to oh, – we got a minute. Uh, Mike McDaniel does run the, the motion offense. I, we even brought this up. Uh, to McCarthy just a couple of minutes ago. I asked him, does it, when you're watching tape, does it feel like you're watching San Francisco? And McCarthy just kind of glanced over it, and obviously it very much does. And that motion, I think, is of great concern to them because not only are they good in motion, uh, they're good uh, if you blitz them to eat you alive. So you, you're going to have to go man, and you're going to have to hope you got your coverage. Uh, it, it's going to be a tough one this week. And with that in mind, when and if the Cowboys do lose – uh, how are you going to parse it? Because this is this is a tough game, regardless. Yeah, and I mean, if they were to lose, they you know they suddenly have lost back to back games for the first time since Thanksgiving twenty twenty one. That that precious little thing they have going on, and I think it would be a really long week running up to the new year. Um, a short and, week, you know, it would depend. It would depend. That's right, because they play on Saturday. I, I think it would depend on how they lost. Right. Um, you know, you'd have to kind of you know squeeze that yourself, but it would. The bummer of it all is it would effectively really lock them into the five seed, uh, especially right. if Philly beat the Giants. And so now you're talking about you've got two weeks of idle hands. And that's, you know, as, as great as that sounds, right? Okay, you've got two weeks to just make peace and, and get things in order, you know, in a proper sense. That's a long time to sit and wait before you play and do anything of serious consequence. And so that would be my, my biggest kind of uh, fear within it all. Um, and, and, you know, that's, that's the game. I mean, that's that's why that's why we lift all those weights. That's R.J. Ochoa. He's of blogging the boys, and he's of SA Sports Star every Friday. Hey, man, have a wonderful holiday and a merry Christmas with you and yours. Thanks for stopping by today, R.J. Y'all have a merry Christmas, Rob. I know you're an eggnog fan, so drink three cartons this whole week. I will have three pieces of pints of bourbon for every bottle of eggnog. <laughs> That's RJ. Thanks for stopping by. Hey, we'll be right back. R&R in the morning continues. More NFL gumbo and them Spurs might finally find a win in Dallas. We'll try to talk about it. It's R&R and you're on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star.